Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the latest edition of the 35th and Jackson podcast. That was the Oregon State basketball season coming to an end. It is me, Andy, my friends, Connor, Peyton Tagger, Ethan, Eugene, Brott, also known as Brian, in darker circumstances, coming to you with a plea. End Fever Basketball. Please, just end. Just kill us. Just finish the job. We're done. We've seen enough. Let's just move on. But we're back. We're going to talk basketball. We're going to talk women's basketball. We're going to hit on baseball. We'll probably say some things that shouldn't be said. Connor will say something that we'll have to edit. But (laughs) hopefully along the way, you guys get a few useful tidbits. And uh, it adds something to your life. Or nothing. Because that's kind of the goal anyway. So without any further ado, we're back at it. 35th and Jackson podcast. Worst podcast in sports. Another week. This week, we're going to start off the show with another beloved sponsor, we had the distinct privilege of having a sponsorship by DadBod again this week. DadBod, is the soundtrack to your game day missing some early 2000s punk rock with a tinge of opening act screamo? Liven it up with Ryan Simmons and DadBod. Based out of Central Oregon and refined in a 500,000 square foot church with a seating capacity that exceeds the total population of the town, DadBod is just the band for any occasion. Weddings, birthdays, reunions, and Father's Day weekend festivals. They'll even sing out-of-season carols at funerals. So stop living life on mute. Book DadBod today. Offer not valid when the lead singer has, quote, worship. Thank you, DadBod. Appreciate that. And our friend Ryan Simmons is their lead singer. So shout out to him. Faithful listener. Guy gets after it every week. So thank you so much, Ryan, for being with us. Um, we love we'd love to have you. So, where were we? Oh yeah, Beaver basketball, men's basketball, I should say specifically. <laughs> Civil War for the first time in two years. That's how I'm going to spin it because that's the truth. They lost their first Civil War in two years. Take that, Oregon. Take that, Dan Altman. Take that, Peyton Pritchard. Who you sucked for Beans three Aaron years. Garen. Beans, Aaron. Beans, Garen. Aaron. Thank Garen. You. you sucked for three years, and all of a sudden now you can shoot like Damian Lillard. Hats off to you. That's fine, whatever. But you actually underperformed for most of your time. Had a great year. This and year. you will amount to nothing in the NBA. Oh, thank okay, you. yeah, thank you. Anyways, go Westland Lions. Uh, first loss in two years at the hands of the Ducks in the Civil War. It was ugly. They got absolutely take. What was it? A woodshed job? Yeah, I think we're going back. <laughs> woodshed job, um, as we would like to say. And we're they left- took it. They took them behind there and really gave it to yeah. them. Yeah, Wayne's quote, say, direct quote. Look it up. Nick Michelle, Oregonian. Uh, so Fraud. that happened. They got absolutely lambasted and still have two games left in their season plus a Pac-12 tournament. But let's be honest, none of us care. Uh, it is everything we expected. They're out of gas. The program is going to a very dark place if change does not happen. But that's that's Beaver basketball. Women's side of things. Women's basketball mushes the Huskies and scratches the Cougs. I knew like that one. I wrote that one just for you. <laughs> Finishing two and zero on the weekend, wrapping it up with uh, Senior Night in Gill. That was awesome. And then baseball had a disappointing two-two split at San Diego State. So we're gonna get into all that plus a little more. 
why don't we kick it off with our favorite topic, men's basketball? Let's hear it. Yeah, I kind of had to look this one back up because it's been so long, that Thursday night game. All I remember is uh, I muted it somewhere in the second half because they were so bad. Um, the Beavs kind of kept it close through halftime. I think they were down four at halftime, despite the fact that they had so many turnovers. And then they did their normal Beaver thing. They didn't score for a long time. Uh, it's depressing. They're, they're in 11th in the Pac-12. They're going to probably finish 11th in the Pac-12. They're going to go to the Pac-12 tournament, play on Wednesday at like 11 a.m., and we're not going to watch the game, and Andy's going to leave me a voicemail saying, pour me a double. That's the extent of Beaver basketball this year. There's not much more to say. We'll see Trace off at senior night on the Saturday game. He's done a lot for the Beavs. Unfortunately, he's never played an NCAA tournament game himself. It's depressing. And there's even more depressing when we come back and realize we are playing Stanford, who should not be – is not that good, does not have the talent that we have, and yet they have eclipsed a mark we have never seen in the Tinkle era. You know what that is? 20 wins. 20, 20 wins. They already have 20 wins. Love it, Brett. We're not going to eclipse that. We're going to finish, you know, what is it? Maybe we'll get one game this weekend. We'll finish 16 and 14 going nope. into the Pac-12 nope. tournament. Nope. Two losses. Yeah. yeah, okay. And uh, we'll go into the Pac-12 tournament. We'll lose the first round game. And we'll move on to the more important things in life. Women's basketball, men's baseball, and whatever else there is. Yep. There's the recap. It's depressing. Should we have – because you just mentioned the you said the Beavers are 11th place. Should we have – hopefully the Beavs lose these two games and then we'll have a play-in game for the 12th seed in the Pac-12 <laughs> tournament. Yes, it'll I be thought, Oregon State. It'll be Oregon State a, versus Western Oregon. A play-out game. A play-out game. Yeah. It'll be versus Western Oregon or Montana. <laughs> I do want to pull out my one fun stat of the day. We are – 325th in total rebounds. That means Multnomah University in Portland probably has more rebounds than us. No. 325th. <laughs> okay. That's a nice Juan, you got one. Anything? I, I you got anything we want to edit out? <laughs> I want to see our three-point shooting percentage because in conference, I know it's in the 20s, which We're, I don't even know that was possible. 27, uh, 27, 28%. Yeah. What is that? What is that? Is that what? 400? Are there 400 teams? I don't know. Well, the conference only tells me what the ranking is in the conference. Overall, over the season, we're 308 in, or no, 268 <laughs> in three point percentage. 268. <laughs> that sounds like they got five Andes out there. <laughs> oh, that's fun. Yes, Andy Avgis. If we had Andy Avgis, we'd be in the, in the tournament. Um, you know, to, to a few things on this Civil War, I love – I just love how we've really coached up these freshman players that show some promise, really coached them up, really worked with them to a point where they're, they're – this would never happen, but they're not just stepping on the baseline or the sideline two possessions in a row. Um, oh, wait, that happened in, the, in, the, in your third to last game of the season. We're still make, doing that stuff. So, uh, inexcusable. I also want to point out, and, you know, I'm sure Andy will get a voicemail from Wayne um, after the season thanking him for all of his contributions to the team and really sticking with him. Um, but what one thing I, I'm, I'm realizing is that 
Trace Tinkle is 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 kind of a uh, how can I put this in radio terms or whatever we are on podcast terms. Uh, he's kind of a Grayson Allen. There we go. And it showed, and you and you wouldn't think this. And Andy and I were just were discussing this earlier, but you wouldn't think this based on oh, he's the coach's son. He's he's such a good guy. He seems like no, he's a cheap player. I and I don't want to say dirty. I'm just going to say cheap, like because when you think of Grayson Allen, you're like, wow, that guy's an idiot. He's a douche. He's a dirty player. I, you know, he's always looking for something. And I don't believe anybody with their naked eye would say that about Trace. But if you watch his play, he he gets away with, or you know, he's got that coach's son kind of gym rat vibe, but he but he goes for the dirty. I mean, he he'll throw an elbow in somebody's face. He'll flop like he did in the Civil War. Get a flagrant. I mean, just his 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 shots and he kind of his body control uh, preempts itself to. I don't want to say hurting other players, but I want to say in compromising situations that you know he's doing on purpose. He's trying to he's trying to get that under the radar call, that that little slimy call in there because that's who he is. He's he's a Grayson Allen Jr. without, okay, but he's a coach's son, so he gets away with it. And and you see it all the time. I mean, you think of your favorite basketball. It doesn't even have to be basketball. You think of your favorite. Um, young sports team you grew up on and there was probably a coach's son on it or coach's daughter and what were they like you hated them all right you you hated them because i take offense to that they they were privileged in in what it is yeah i don't care i i totally brought the dirty player i totally agree with that Um, holy wow like i mean look at him flinging his little body out there trying to get cheap calls just because he got blown over by the wind you know it's Any you get this in any league you play in any any level, the coach's son is always kind of a douche. I mean, he Whoa. could be good, but he's under the radar, kind of, kind of maybe a gym rat again. And you don't think of it as, oh wow, this guy's a great Allen, but he is. So I, I just want to get that out there that that is Trey Stinkle. It took us six years, you know. Let's remind ourselves he's been there six years. And he has progressively become a worse player. His best year was probably arguably his after he redshirted his sophomore year officially. It was probably his best year when he after he got his medical redshirt, his true sophomore year, was probably his best year. So he's regressed, and he's just not even. Oh, cool! He got ten points on eighteen shots. Yeah, that you know what? Uh, who else did that? The coach's son. Yeah, that's what happened. You know, and oh, he got, oh, he got oh, he got eight garbage time points. Oh, because he was in the game. Oh, because he's the coach's son. Oh. So you know, Ooh. and then oh, let's let's pull him out of the game so he can get the scoring record at home. Oh, it's because he's the coach's son. Oh, yeah. So you know, I'm just calling for it for what it is. You'll see it, Beaver Nation. But you know, there's and and Andy will say this point. I'll, I'll let him say it about the difference between Wayne and Craig Robinson, because it was a prophecy um, as he said it to me this week, but you know, you look at this and all we're asking for, and I just want to remind people of this who say, Oh, you guys have crazy expectations. Oh my God. You know, you guys aren't even Beaver fans. <laughs> you know, and that I naked pics of you. That's it. It's okay. okay. It's okay. No, <laughs> no, Wayne has no. picks. 
Wayne has compromising face. <laughs> no, no, that's why you no, still support him. No, but dumb, anyways, dumb, dumb. anyways, <laughs> the re the all we are asking for is to be one of the top sixty six teams in the nation once every two or three years. Let's remember that. And yes, I said sixty six because it's not sixty four anymore. There's two play ins. <laughs> 68 so exactly all we're asking gone. for oh even even better it got 68 all we are Shade asking under for is to be one of the top 68 teams in the nation I, and that's all we are asking for is that that much of an ask and then we're not even asking for it every year we're asking for it oh when the stars align and you have a senior laden class and a bunch of experienced players oh that would never happen to oregon state oh wait it's happening right now and we're, you know, in the 300s probably. So all we are asking for is to be a top 68 team once every two or three years. Okay? Wayne's had six years at the program, and he's been a top 68 team once, and it was a fluke. Okay? Because he had an NBA player that he inherited. So all we – I don't I don't understand how people see that as a – Oh, that's such a big ass, Connor. Oh, my gosh. How could you even ask to be a top 68 team? You know, uh, I'm the football team was probably a top 68 team this year. That's not even a joke or close to it. So there you go. Just want to throw that out there, Andy. Yeah, I mean, wow. Is everybody okay? He just took a shot at basically everyone. I'm sorry, Brock, that your collateral damage there. <laughs> Shit. Um, I guess we found out what he thinks of you as a co- former coach's <laughs> son. Uh, so there's that. Uh, but I think he's just upset. He's said enough about Wayne, and so he decided to tack um, his son instead, switch it up a little, which I get. He's coming from a frustrated place, ladies and gentlemen. You can't hold it against him. He's not stable, and this really gets to him. So let him talk a little bit. He did raise some good He did raise some good points. <laughs> um, things to think about. Um there's a lot of ways I could go with it because we're getting down to the end of the season. Pretty much from right now on, I've come to the tough decision. I just have to start making the case to convince the fellow members of Beaver Nation why Wayne should not be on board going forward and why this needs to be his final season. Again, nothing personal, not an attack, not the same as Con in this department, but he just not the coach for Oregon State, and that's painfully obvious at this point. But I'm just going to start uh, by doing a little youthful exercise and you can see where I'm going with it. I'm just going to say some names. Drew Eubanks, Trace Tinkle, Ja'Cory McLaughlin, uh, EJ Derek Bruce, Stevie Thompson, Thompson, Ethan Thompson. Thompson. (laughs) What I just named, oh, Alfred Hollins. Victor Robbins. <laughs> no, not, not, Gary, <laughs> Gary Payton, That's, too. No, no. Gary Payton, too. What I just Olaf Schaffner, John Wall no, Reed. No, you're getting <laughs> off track here. You're way off topic. I just named a good amount of players, enough to feel the team of players that Wayne recruited that were four-star players at some point in time and did not get any better during their time here. One tournament. They actually appears. got worse, Sandy. They actually they got, got worse. worse. What did we have to show for? Like Con mentioned, one tournament appearance, but that wasn't even because of those players. That was because of GP2. And Jarmal and Olaf. Okay, not so much Jarmal. That's Olaf. actually a fact. That's actually a fact. Jarmal was on the team. He had a roster spot. 
and he got mad one time and dunked really hard. He tripped a rep, <laughs> and he tripped a rep, like in the Jay-Z song. But anyway, that's my point. Look at all – you cannot argue. More talent was brought in in the Wayne Tinkle era than at any point in the history of the program. That is fact. More talent coming in than at any other time in the history of the program – and all that talent stayed around unless they transferred, which several of them did. But none of them left early for the draft or anything like that, or super early. Drew left one year early, and they did nothing with it. That is unacceptable, and that's why things have to change. It's the same reason, and it was even more so at, at Washington, but it's the same reason people finally said Lorenzo Romark ago. But guess what? He actually had a lot of good seasons in his back pocket. That's why he hung around longer. He had tournament runs and sweet 16s. Wayne has done none of that. He's got a tournament run with GP2. My next point. And a loss to, in the first round of VCU. R- loss in the first round of VCU with a center that was six foot six that killed us, that ate us alive. My next point, and this is what I'll end on with the basketball topic because I, I just we can't spend all day. With the men's topic. With the men's topic, men's basketball. I will say this, and, and Connor made mention, and I, I have this for you, to stew on Beaver. And as their records continue to climb towards each other, it's like almost they're, as if they're magnetized to come together in one final crescendo where Craig Robinson and Wayne Tinkle will end up with almost an identical record in their time. And Connor Tiger prophesied Connor this Tiger years prophesied. Ago. Thank you. Here's my prophecy. This is what I prophesied. And this is true. Take it to the bank. The only difference, actually, not the only difference. This is the argument why Craig Robinson is a better coach than Wayne Tinkle. Craig Robinson is a better coach than Wayne Tinkle for two reasons. Okay, these are two rock solid reasons. And if you got a problem with it, come find me. Okay, and me, Yancon, and bro, I bet you you'll sign off on this. The reason Craig Robinson is a better than Wayne Tinkle, two things. One. Craig Robinson never lost 27 games in a season. Two, (laughs) Craig Robinson actually won 20 games in a season. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Nothing more needs to be said. Wayne is worse than Craig with more talent. Moving on. Make it happen. We need change. Thank you, and God bless. (laughs) (laughs) Yummy. I'm in a better mood now. Let's talk some women's suits. I'm... And, and, and anybody who wants to join our therapy sessions, feel free to text us, email us, tweet at us. We'll invite you onto the pod. Sure. It's so therapeutic because when you have these expectations and, and you have your – we talked about it last week. You have the zen mindset. When, when, when the Beavers perform at their typical standard for men's basketball, you actually feel good about yourself. So, anyways. Yep. Moving on. There it is. You can find us at 35th and Jackson, at the Brock, at Decepticon, at Drew Ark. Any means, please connect with us. We'd love to go to therapy with you. But on a better note, women's basketball, it's always nice to transition to them. They go 2-0 and on the weekend and uh, take care of Washington and Wazoo in the friendly confines of Gill. We had senior night. Uh, they're looking good. Back, you know, two teams they should have taken care of. They did what they were supposed to do. Hopefully, they gained a little momentum as we now look ahead to the Pac-12 tournament and see if they can make a little bit of a run here as the season winds to its finale. So let's uh, hear what you have, Connor. If you want to start, you can 
give us a little yeah. takeaways. Uh, wow, what a down season, 22 wins. That's fun. Let's just marinate. In, let's just marinate in that. Down season, 22 wins. Thank you. I don't need to say the correlation here or the coach that hasn't ever had 20 wins. But, you know, Scott Rurick, a down season, 22 wins. Uh, it, it's a bit – It's it was great, you know, just recovering, kind of getting some mojo heading into the Pac-12 tourney. Um, I think this team can make some noise. It's going to be up if if Cat Tudor can awaken her spirits of three point shooting. They they have a chance to really actually maybe win, get to the championship in the Pac twelve tourney, but also make a Sweet Sixteen run. As prophesied gonna, by Andy when I said a month yes, ago, Cat could go on a run. Depend on that because they're just hurting on the inside right now. Taylor Jones has been playing better, getting out of staying out of foul trouble, but she's literally the only competent body they have right now um, that can that can play long minutes at that position. So, but you know the thing is, and, and we lose Michaela Pivik this year. All the, other than that, the three other seniors, Janessa Therape never does anything. Maddie Washington, I, if you watch her, she's a walking turnover, literally walking. You get that. Uh, and Cat Tudor has just had a down senior. It's been tough watching that because great player, you know, great, all great community representatives of Beaver Nation. Um, but they're all going to be gone. So, really, we're losing just Pivik. So, again, next year, oh, it's looking great. I, I love where this program is going as usual. Um, they're also bringing in two top, one, one of the recruits is a top five um, recruit in the nation next year. Um, so, we'll be seeing that. But, the key thing, and I think I mentioned this a few weeks ago, the Beavers play so well against non-conference competition who doesn't see them every single week, um, every single year like the Pac-12 has. I think some teams in the Pac-12 have caught on a little bit to Ruick's system, and because of the personnel issues the Beavers have had this year with injuries, have been able to catch up to them and kind of went, squeak by in a few games where – Maybe the Beavers didn't bring their A game. But non-conference is a whole different story. And so when you get to the, to the NCAA tournament, the Bees will be playing. They'll probably be a four seed, maybe a five seed. Um, but they'll be playing probably, what, a 12, a 13 in there. And they're, they, they will win by 30 the first round. And then they'll play kind of a, what is that, seven or eight seed maybe in there. And they'll win by 15 there, and then they'll get to the Sweet 16 probably and win that game probably as well against maybe an upper-level opponent just because they're scouting their plays that they have. Teams aren't able to see that all the time every single week, uh, every single year. They only are seeing them once. It's very – Rook is an incredibly hard coach to, to plan against, to scheme against, because especially in a tournament atmosphere where you have – days to scheme against people normally not you know months or years so just look for that beaver nation they they will come alive probably the first two rounds and have some convincing wins and people might be talking oh this team could go far they're not going to go far because they just don't have the depth right now um but you know again a down season and probably a sweet 16 run what a shame you know (laughs) i mean i got nothing to add here because it's women's basketball and i watch 10 games a year at most. Uh, yeah, this is shame Con's, on you, bro. This is Con's area of expertise. Uh, you fill Con's, your mind with that disgusting while, out. Yes, exactly. While Con's, you know, enjoying his night off and not having to watch some disgusting basketball, uh, I put myself through that every single time. 
Um, again, Please Khan refer hit to it. it as Khan Zen. Please refer Khan, to it as Khan Zen. Khan Zen when he just ignores men's basketball. Yes. One day I yes. might reach that state. I have not reached it. Yeah. Uh, I can only attain it one day. Probably because you're a um, son and you're a huge tool. Probably. Probably because yep. I'm a dirty, yep. dirty, dirty player. I just look to draw fouls and throw yes. my elbows yes. at people's faces. Yes, because the wind will blow you over. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> Women's basketball, I expect a sweet 16 just because they are well coached. They're good. Um, and that's about it. Uh, I expect them to probably make mm, semifinals in the Pac-12 tournament. And uh, that's it. I mean, it's nice to have expectations like that. And I, I feel like they're actually going to be fulfilled. Um, then again, I, I expect men's basketball to finish in, you know, Wednesday's basketball season. Their, their season ends on Wednesday. I expect that. And it'll probably be fulfilled as well. There you go, Andy. Appreciate that. That was nice. I, 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 I respect the honesty again. Uh, you know, I know women's basketball isn't always at the forefront of your mind, so it's really Connor's segment for him to just That's at the forefront of my mind for sure. Yeah. I love winning. And uh, brought on board when they need him for their big their runs at the end of the season when it's tournament time, he's there. So I like it. We kind of have a correspondent on men's basketball and women's basketball. And then myself is lost in some space in between. I don't know where I am. But with that being wrapped up, we now look ahead to baseball. They came off Mm. a tough weekend. It started out very promising. Took two games at San Diego State. Looked really strong, dominant, no problem. And then the wheels kind of came off, uh, suffered a setback, game three, and then the final game on Sunday – they had a furious rally and comeback, came up short, um, gave up a lot of runs. And so they finished with a 2-2 split, and I'm disappointed in that. I know they've got a young team and a lot of room to grow, but I would have liked to see that they definitely should have got three wins and they could have had four. So that was rough. Up next, they'll have uh, UC Santa Barbara, the Gauchos, uh, for the home opener at Goss. Stadium. So if you guys need to get there, make sure you contact uh, our friends at Malloy Motors uh, to get you over to Goss for the opener. But um, that's where we're at with baseball. Kind of middling three weeks in, kind of looking like they're just, you know, kind of bobbing around the 500 mark and waiting to catch their traction, or is this who they're really going to be? So looking to see what happens with that. We're, we're watching, obviously, it's still early. Just turn the page to March, the calendar to March. And a lot of season left. Want to see some big improvements, though, here in the weeks to come as we work towards Pac-12 play. I I agree, Andy. San Diego State getting two uh, uh two and two split after going up two zero is kind of disappointing. Uh, give San Diego State credit, though; they're a good team. They've beat Cal State Fullerton, Coastal Carolina, uh, Minnesota, and Nebraska, if I remember right correctly. Um, so they're a good team overall. Uh, but when you go up 2-0, you expect to go 3-1. You don't expect to have your star reliever come in and give up a grand slam. Um, yeah, you don't expect – yeah, you just don't expect the collapse. You don't expect 11 runs given up or 12 runs given up on the Monday Sunday game. Um, there's a lot of things to be happy with with this team. Their batting is pretty pretty good. Um, I think Canham's finding out the lineup he wants. He's got the 11-ish infield players – or, I mean uh, – fielding positions filled out here Uh, a couple left right situations probably with Preston Jones and Joe Casey on switching there and just giving um, 
Troy Concha's breaks there. So he's got his guys that he wants. I think third base may be interesting to watch a little bit. Um, Ober, Gretler, and uh, Richie starts with a last name M. I don't remember. Uh, all those guys. Snared, something like that. Yeah. Those guys there. Like you've got you've got great bats though. I mean, you've got McCann and Armstrong and Clanch. All are just slugging like none other, and McGarry as well. Those guys are all hitting hard right now. Um, I think this team was going to settle in. The pitching is going to come around. I was wrong thinking Verberg was coming back this weekend. Hopefully soon he's coming back. We we, we could use him out of the pen. We could use Mulhall and settling down. But we got a good um, Chamberlain. Burns and Fennings coming as our starters is pretty good. Jerpy, Frisch is helping out of the bullpen, two freshmen that are doing well. Um, again, I'm not I'm not setting my expectations for this team to be first in the Pac-12. I'm, I have my expectations is they're going to finish fourth. They're going to finish fifth in the Pac-12, um, which is, is very respectable and should line them up for some postseason play. The team is young. The team is um, building under, under Canem. I'm going to be interested to watch them in person because I have not watched a single stream yet of their game. Um, Sunday, the weather looks good. I'll probably get out there Sunday. Uh, weather turns good on Saturday. I might turn out there as well. Um, see them in person here versus U.S. Uh, Irvine, right? Or Santa Barbara. Santa Barbara. Santa Barbara this weekend. The Gouchers. Yeah. So three games Three games against them. They're not doing bad. They're eight and two, if I remember right. Um, having beat California on one of those Monday or Tuesday night games when they played them. Um, so the team is not uh, is not uh, something to be overlooked whatsoever. But I do think the Beavs should take. Uh, I want to say all three, but they'll take two or one. Uh, Santa Barbara plays UCLA tonight, so we'll learn a little bit more about them because UCLA is probably just slightly better than us, but it's comparable. Yeah, but Tuesday um, game. There's my. Shoots. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> the same with the Cal game that they lost. Yeah. Yeah. So. Brought said it nice, and you know my biggest question mark. I, I'm really concerned about Moley. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, didn't expect him to just have a rocky start when he's a senior. I get a new pitching coach, but is God gonna cut him down? I don't know. Um, so he might need sooner some inspiration. or later. He might need some inspiration um, from the outfield crew, uh, but I think it's gonna be with this team it's going to be a steady improvement. And at the end of the year, they're going to be playing their best baseball, which has been, again, that's what kind of happens with this young team. And remember the Beavers haven't had this young of a team, right? I mean, last year they did, but the years before that, they, they had a lot of just experienced players in a lot of, and really scattered throughout their lineup. This year, I feel like there's some very, maybe guys that have been on the team, but again, they were sitting behind all these studs for years. So like, you, like you take Troy Clunch, this is his first, and he's having a great year, obviously, but this is his first year playing full time. Um, and he's, I think he is, yeah, you see a junior. Yeah. He's yeah. a junior. So, you know, this, he's his third year in his, in the program. And this is his first year on the field. So it's just, and there's a few other guys like that whether they're behind a guy like Adley or even uh, – is Ryan Ober getting any time? I've seen him yeah. not yeah. getting time. Is yeah. he getting DH, though? Or is he yeah, actually that, playing – That and, and third base. Yeah, oh, okay. he's okay. played DH first and third. He's done the whole Got it. But there's just some guys – and, and, and you look at a guy like Preston Jones who has never 
he's never started, and he's kind of been this fill-in, you know, oh, when when the guy who – I forget the guy's name, but the guy, the, guy, the guy from Hawaii, when he had the drug test, who was that? Christian Donahue? Yes, when Donahue wasn't available in the World Series, Preston Jones subbed in, I believe, a little bit. And so he's just been a not a utility guy, but a fill-in, you know. And so it's interesting seeing these guys as full-time starters. And, yeah, they have a few guys back that were starters, but a new coach. So you're kind of back to square one because you're trying to prove yourself again and all that kind of stuff. And, yeah, you have some guys that are upperclassmen like Armstrong, but Armstrong's a great player, but he's in the, I mean, he's not an elite at any point. So, you know, it's interesting, but I think they're going to be playing their best ball at the end of the year, and I think that's Canem's kind of – I think that's his M.O. And kind of from what I've heard from his uh, uh, AAA and his um, minor league stints, as a coach, that's kind of their mo is best best ball at the end of the year. Got to get their got to get all that figured out. And again, brand new team, brand new coach, brand new system. I think the, you know having a system of twenty years, and then having a new one that's that's a little underlooked at this point. Obviously, Casey's different coach and all that, but literally the same system for twenty years. That's pretty insane. Yeah, I I, I do think uh, to your point about them you know, looking to finish with their best baseball towards the end of the year. I definitely think that's on the table for them. It's early. They've played well, but not as consistent as they could have. And I do think that they'll get better. So that's what I'm hoping for going forward. And I, they remind me a lot of the 20, uh, kind of 2015, 16 years um, Mm -hmm. when they're really competitive teams, some younger guys coming into new spots uh, that kind of right before they were at their peak and just dominating. Um, it took a, a year or two to kind of have a transition period, get your guys reloaded and get guys plugged in. But I think that's kind of where you're, it's going to be a really competitive baseball team. I absolutely think they can get into the tournament and then we'll see what happens, what kind of ball they're playing once they get there. So still a fun watch. I'm excited to see where it goes. Not expecting the world or a trip to Omaha, but I think they could be a really competitive team and maybe they'll get hot at the right time. And excited to see how it all develops. So we'll leave baseball there for this week. And we're going to wrap it up for you with uh, the floor is yours segment where Andy, Brought, and Khan each get a minute to commentate on any topic of their choice. I think I let off last week. Uh, so let's go with Brought this time. Yeah, I usually try to prepare something really good here that I really want to talk about. Uh, This one's a little tougher. I kind of want to get your guys' input in my minute here. Portland Trailblazers, we got 20 games left in the season. We're in the ninth seed right now. Uh, I'm kind of almost just apathetic to them this year. Uh, It's Mm. been a disappointing year. No Nurkic back. Collins is taking probably not coming back this year, maybe late. Lillard's hurt right now. I'm kind of on the tank tank season. I don't know. I don't know. It's been a weird season for me. Do you want the Blazers to go all in this year is my question to you guys. I want a 10-second answer. Yes, no, and maybe a brief response. Andy? So, yeah, this is a really tough one. I was just thinking about it today. But I'm going to say, yes, it's time to mail it in. Two, three weeks ago, I was stoked. I was looking forward to the 1-8 matchup with the Lakers. I thought we would actually beat him, but nobody's healthy and nobody's coming back and it keeps getting worse. Nurkic is like, no, no. And all of a sudden there's no timetable. It was always after the all-star break. Now there's no timetable. 
Zach Collins, I I don't know. He was last season. Okay, party. you're over 10 seconds, so, Andy. Yeah, Come I'm going to say it's done. I, I, it sucks, but it's done. I'm saying mail it in just because of long-term long-term things. All these injuries are kind of longer-term things could get re-aggravated. But the only issue I have with saying mail it in is who are you going to tank for? There's nobody that's going to be in your draft spot, number nine, number 10, you know, if you're lucky. Um, so there's nobody that's going to be there that you really want. So it's, Yeah, I I think it's just it's, for health. Just mail it in for health yeah. and for next yeah. year. You bring back roughly the same roster next year and you're telling me – Nurkic and Collins are good to go. I am right back to thinking that they, they're need to make the conference finals. When the key is they're going to have to re-sign Melo and keep Ariza. That's, those are going to be the two pieces to uh, look for. I completely agree. I'm kind of on the mail it in. I mean, this has been the season I've watched the least amount of Blazer basketball since I was in high school. So uh, mail it in, done with the season. Just for the injury fact, nothing more. We're not tanking for some great draft pick. We're just, don't get hurt, move on. There's my minute. Con? All right. Well, uh, this is this one's near and dear to my heart for a few reasons. but uh, And it's and it's a week old that I'm wondering. Our, our, our fans probably have not seen it. Maybe you did. But a little NHL action for you. Mm. Uh, Carolina Hurricanes against, uh, I think, they, yeah, they're playing Toronto, the Maple Leafs, big Canada, obviously. February 22nd, it was about a week ago. Uh, an e-bug. Do you know, guys, do you guys know what an e-bug is? No. Emergency backup goalie. Oh. So here's the deal. <laughs> this is a fun story that literally, and this is not a joke, and you might think it is, but literally – the home team, and this is a written rule in the NHL rulebook, and they, they actually just created it in 2015, and they created it because a, a, each team brings two goalies to uh, a, a game, and that's it. They don't have any roster spots for a third-string goalie or whatever. So there's a rule written in that the home team is required to provide an e-bug, an emergency backup goalie that can serve – Either team as the goalie in case two in case their top two guys get hurt, and literally, I'm not exaggerating. the The guy's job is to drive the zamboni, which cleans the ice <laughs> after the game. Okay, so it's literally the janitor, but but he ha- he does have train. He, he competent. All right, he, he, that's part of his job is just the zamboni thing. So, anyways, game two weeks ago. Uh, two guys get hurt for Carolina. That two goalies and two one of them gets concussed. The other one just I think he had something wrong with his knee. So and they're up. I think they're up four one, maybe something like that. And second period, it's not even the third period. And so the Carolina is the visiting team. They get the e bug, the emergency backup goalie from Toronto. He works in the, for the Toronto Maple Leafs, and he's playing goalie for the visiting team. He lets two goals in right away on the first two shots, and then the coach literally for Toronto or for uh, Carolina is like, oh, we're screwed. He's probably going to let in 10 more. He's for them. No, the guy pitches a shutout for the rest of the game. Carolina wins 6-3. Okay, get that. And this guy, I forget the guy's first name, but his last name is Ayers, and get this, he his his – jerseys being sold all over the place now because literally they had to stitch on his his jersey last second literally before he walked onto the court or ice so uh yeah that and uh awesome 42 
played played in the game. His jersey's sawing all over the place. And also, he played 30 minutes. He played half the game. Okay? <laughs> and he let in two goals in the NHL game. So it's literally like the janitor, um, or in our case, Brat has been mentioned as a player on the Beaver basketball team before. <laughs> so it's literally the janitor coming in and not just playing on the team, but playing probably the most important position in hockey, the goalie against real NHL players and stopping, I think he had 15 saves, something like that. I mean, and then he got the, the golden man of the match or whatever the hockey thing is. So anyways, there you go. Crazy moment in sports. That's amazing. Last name airs. Yeah. Love 42 it. years old stud. Love it. And Khan definitely took over two minutes there and I contributed a little bit to Brock. So I don't really, didn't really have anything great this week. So I'm going to go ahead and recuse myself, save you something good for next week. But that was a legendary story. I did see that. So awesome. And it made me think there should be an emergency backup in all across all sports. That would be so amazing where they bring someone out of the freaking stands and it's go time. So think about that. If we could change the world of sports, that's something I'd add in. Thank you guys for those stories. Always appreciated. But that brings us to our uh, bitter end here today. Just want to mention again that this week's show – was sponsored by dad bod is the soundtrack to your game day missing some early 2000s punk rock with a tinge of opening act screamo liven it up with ryan simmons and dad bod based out of central oregon and refined in a 500,000 square foot church with a seating capacity that exceeds the total population of the town dad bod is just the band for any occasion weddings birthdays reunions and father's day weekend festivals they'll even sing out of season carols at funerals so stop living life on mute book dad bod today Offer not valid when the lead singer has, quote, worship. That's all we got for you. Hope you enjoyed it. If you didn't, don't care. Go, Beavs. Have a great week. Yum. Mario's a fraud. <laughs>